Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, where if you go now to HashtagBasketball.com, you can take advantage of all of the free fantasy tools that they have on their site. Trade analyzers, great projections by Mark Roberts, and the best schedule to plan your weekly head-to-head leagues. Um, Easily the site that I go to the most, hashtagbasketball.com. Go check out those tools today. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and it's just me tonight. Uh, You're getting a solo episode, so for all you uh, big Tyler Watts fans out there, uh, just turn the podcast off now. You're going to have to listen to me and all my nonsense uh, for the next X amount of minutes. And we're going to be talking about, well, I guess I'm going to be talking about, all of the kind of week one big movers over the weekend. So there was a lot of uh, hype around certain players. There were some hot starts, some slow starts. And for the most part, like I always say, don't panic. If you drafted a top 60 guy and he's had two, three bad games, I don't think there's anything to worry about. Uh, Once you start getting into that 50, 60, 70, 80 range, you start looking at these guys and saying, well, what's going on here? Don't sell low. Never sell low. That's just the way to lose. Uh, always sell high and don't panic. You know, we got a whole other week of basketball this week. We're going to start seeing teams come off those highs of those home openers and just getting the season going. And they're going to start kind of reverting back to the mean, whether they were having a great start or a bad start. You'll start seeing the players who, you know, really are making a move up continue that that pathway towards um, excellent play versus some of the guys, you know, like those first games by Kyrie Irving weren't great, and then he had a great game. So, like, everybody who who freaked out about that, um, there was no need need to freak out about uh, Kyrie Irving. You should know that by now. Uh, There's no reason to worry about Paul Millsap being uh, mediocre. Just it's it's not something I'm going to stay up at night. And worry about Carl Anthony Towns. He's looked like he forgot how to play basketball. I mean, he shook. Jimmy Butler's got him, you know. Jimmy Butler took his nutsack and put it around his neck as a necklace and wears it all day. And said, you're my my boy now, buddy. You're my bitch. Uh, I'm going to do whatever I want. I own this team. Carl Anthony Towns looks shook. I'm not worried about that. Go put a trade out there. Try to get Carl Anthony Towns on 10 cents to the dollar. Carl Anthony Towns always finishes really high. Um, let's uh, Kyle um, Kuzma looks... Uh, this is the kind of guy where I'm like, okay, what, what's going on here with Kyle Kuzma? The Lakers have played some weird games, uh, and, and Kyle Kuzma has not really had uh, a good game at all. He only... Um, He's only playing like 25, 29 minutes. That's the stat that I'm, I'm looking at is that minutes stat. Um, obviously, the big fight in L.A. Uh, is going to screw around with some playing time, so I'd probably still hold on to Kyle Kuzma. But this is the type of uh, guys I'm talking about. Uh, you know, you're Draymond Green's. I'm a tad bit worried about Draymond Green, but he's still Draymond Green. He's still going to fill up the – if you've drafted him to score, you drafted the wrong guy. But uh, the the fact that Draymond Green is never looking for his shot at all in these first few games, just a little strange. Just a little confusing. 
Uh, but on the flip side of that, Gordon Hayward, slow start. He's going to have a slow start. He didn't play all last year. Guys, Jamal Murray, chill out. Jamal, Jamal Murray will be fine. Make trades for Jamal Murray. Make trades for Gordon Hayward. Uh, make trades for D'Angelo Russell. I, I think D'Angelo Russell's slow start. Uh, I think he's going to be perfectly fine moving into the rest of the season. The Brooklyn team uh, looks okay, and uh, he's going to be a big part of that. So um, D'Angelo Russell is a guy that I'd be targeting here as well. But I, I want to talk about the guys um, that are being picked up a lot. So some of the guys that we told you to pick up in, the, in those first few days, uh, obviously Nico Miritich. Uh, in ESPN leagues, he is currently owned in 85% of leagues. I don't know why that's not at 105% of leagues because I feel like people not playing basketball should be on the Nico Miritich bandwagon. You know how I feel about Nico Miritich. Uh, guys, get on that bandwagon. Are you really playing? Are, are really, you know, uh, 15% of people playing in that shallow of a league will, where Nico Miritich is not uh, rosterable? Because the answer is no. You you play if no matter if you're playing in like a four team league, Nico Miritich is rosterable. So go pick him up. Here's some guys I'm gonna go out there. I'm looking at ESPN, I'm looking at percentage owned. Uh and we went out there and we said Karis Levert must own. He has jumped in the last seven days, about thirty two percent. Uh he is now currently sixty eight percent owned. He needs to be hundred percent owned. If Karis Levert's out there on your waiver wire, Go pick him up. Uh, I think he's kind of the real deal. I think he's going to have a solid season. He's young enough to be good. Um, I would rather pick up Karis Levert than Seti Osman. So Seti Osman, another guy who is high on the list of, of pickups over the last week. He's Seti Osman should be rostered as well. But I'm taking Levert over Osman. And this is why. I, Seti Osman's young. Uh, he's unproven. He's going to have his ups and downs. That Cavs team... Still don't know if it's good or not. I think it might be better than people think just because of the veteran presence there, Kevin Love. Um, but Karis LeVert f- looks like the real deal. Um, and that's why you have to watch the games uh, as well as watch the boxes. Um, obviously, Karis LeVert having um, uh, basically two blocks and three steals already in three games is is really nice to see. He, he feels like a really nice, well-rounded player. And I like him in, in, in nine cat settings for sure. Uh, I, I'm just surprised he he's not owned in in, in more leagues. Sixty eight percent for Karis LeVert seems uh, incredibly low for for me. He is currently um, let's see, he is ranked twenty fourth per game right now. So he is he's actually ranked right behind Enos Cantor, a guy we were highly touting. Uh, Cantor off to a great start. I don't understand what was going on with Enos Cantor. Everybody kind of like being out on Enos Cantor. I, I didn't understand that at all. He has no competition for the center spot. They're really not trying to win games in New York. Uh, Mitchell Robinson was never going to be an issue. Guys, if you still have Mitchell Robinson on your on your roster, you should probably drop him. Uh, there's and there's. I'm going to try to go through a few guys that I think you should definitely be dropping, and a handful of guys you should be definitely picking up. So, um. Those two guys, I think, are the obvious choices of guys who could be long term for the for the season, top seventy, even maybe even top fifty guys. Karis Levert, Seti Osman. Uh, we did see a really really hot first game by Trevor Ariza, and everybody went out and picked him up, and I'm all for that. Trevor Ariza has been a quality fancy player for many years. He could be a quality fancy player 
in Phoenix, and he had a, an amazing first game, fell back to earth in the next uh, two games, looks kind of mediocre. That's a guy I feel that Phoenix team's rotations are going to be kind of weird. Uh, that's a guy I wouldn't mind hanging on to for another couple games, but I don't mind dropping right away. So you picked him up. You think he's good. He's not that good. I would drop him. Uh, I don't feel super confident in Trevor Ariza's long-term value for the season. Uh, I think he's kind of going to be a guy you're going to be picking up because he's streaky uh, because he uh, gets on a, a hot run or maybe somebody gets injured and he has to play more. Uh, that team does feel like it's going to try to get its young guys moving, but uh, Ariza's going to play, and he's going to play decent minutes. So if you're in a bigger league, I think Ariza should be owned. But if you're looking for a lightning in a bottle there, uh, I don't think you're going to get it with Trevor Ariza. JaVale McGee, uh, a guy we were uh, – Tyler was really saying, you guys, if JaVale McGee plays 23 minutes, he's really ownable. Like, he's really ownable, everybody. You should pick him up. Tyler was dead on about this. Uh, JaVale McGee currently playing 30 uh, – excuse me, twenty only 20 minutes per game. But playing a big part in that Laker offense because there is – there's just nobody who can play center on that team other than JaVale McGee. Still, he's only playing about 20 minutes a game. But he's averaging 14 points, 7 rebounds, and 4 blocks. All the guy is doing is catching and dunking. And who better to get him the ball than someone like LeBron James? So JaVale McGee must own. Um, I'm going to go out and see. McGee? Oh, my gosh. he In ESPN leagues, JaVale McGee is only owned in 38% of leagues. Guys, get on that. Go pick up JaVale McGee. He's going to be a great source of blocks. Uh, a solid source of rebounds, seven rebounds a game. And, you know, he's, I think he's going to score. Uh, he probably won't average 14 points by the end of the year. But I, I don't see why you're not going to ride this guy, um, especially with a few suspensions going on. Uh, Ingram, uh, JaVale might play a little bit more minutes. I'm not too concerned about that suspension or anything like that. Uh, I will say, though, that if anyone deserves to get punched in the face, it's definitely Chris Paul and Rajon Rondo. They are the most punchable faces in the NBA. So uh, suck on that, Chris Paul. Um, I'm, I'm a little on uh, – Rondo did uh, – uh, it was a little controversial that he spit in uh, CP3's face. And you got to throw hands if somebody spits in your face. But uh, it really couldn't happen uh, to a better guy. I want to see more people punch Chris Paul in the face and less people punch Nico Miritich in the face. That's what I want in today's NBA. So if we can get that going – um, you know, start a start a Twitter uh, riot about more punching Chris Paul in the face. I'm in on that idea. Um, let's move on to a couple other guys who are being picked up at high rates. Uh, Joe Ingles, guys, Joe Ingles should have been drafted. What are you doing? 75% uh, up from 60? Come on, he should have been drafted. Uh, Bobby Portis, he's playing a really um, important role on the Chicago Bulls team as uh, the guy who is better than Jabari Parker already. And so, yeah, Jabari's coming off the bench. Bobby Portis is playing uh, heavier minutes. And I think if you're expecting him to be amazing, you're 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 going to be sadly disappointed. Um, he's going to get you good rebounds, and he's going to have good scoring nights, and he's going to hit some threes. But he's really not going to do a whole lot else. 
I know against Detroit, I was at the Detroit game. I was at the home opener. It's hard not to go to the Chicago home opener. And if you're watching on TV and heard someone yelling profanities at the ref somewhere in the second quarter, yeah, that was me. Um, because I don't know what this ref was calling, but he was making a lot of calls behind the play, and he was absolute trash. So screw that guy, and um, props to me for not getting kicked out of the United Center on uh, game one of the season. So that that was a good, all in all, a really, really good night, brought to you by Bullet Bourbon. Thank you, Bullet, for um, giving me the confidence to scream profanities at a referee. Uh, but yeah, that Detroit game, Bobby Portis had five assists. Don't expect five assists from Bobby Portis, guys. But I do think he is at least ownable for now while he's playing good minutes. Uh, those type of, of points and rebounds are hard to come by off the waiver wires. And if he's on your waiver, which apparently he's on the waiver wire at 60% of ESPN leagues. So uh, I would go pick him up. Here's another uh, shocking, absolute shocking percentage owned. Uh, Torian Prince. Only owned in 47% of ESPN leagues. I'm ashamed of everybody. I really am. Because, one, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm pretty sure you either got Torian Prince on your team or someone you knew, someone in your league was smart enough to bring uh, to, to draft Torian Prince. If you're in a league right now that doesn't have Torian Prince rostered, get find new people to play with because they're not good. And you should be he should be on your team. So, also, you need to step your game up. But uh, I just – I can't understand why people aren't on Torian Prince at all. Um, he's going to have a really, really solid season across the board. He already has five steals in three games. I mean, he's going to have good steal numbers. He's going to score. He's going to be the focal point of that Atlanta offense. And uh, I kind of want to actually now take some time to talk about um, something that is important to pay attention to. Um, without looking at the numbers. So I'm going to talk about pace. Without looking at the pace numbers right now, I'm, I can already see patterns. And that's just because from years and years of, of doing fancy basketball and, and um, just f- spending far too much time doing this, I can tell that if you, a player on your bench... You're debating, like, so that's the big debate. And you're on Roto League, you want a quality start. If you're in a head-to-head league and you got a full roster, you got some guys on the bench, you're like, eh, should I just play this guy? Should I not play this guy? I don't know. This is The matchups are really important. I can already tell, here are the teams I'm 100% playing people against. The Chicago Bulls. They are absolute trash at defense. And I don't have to go to the numbers to figure that out. But I will here in a second. Atlanta Hawks. They are not good at uh, basketball. So uh, they are also defensively trash. Uh, Sacramento Kings. You should know that they're they're not good at basketball. Always make starts against. Right now, those are the three teams I'm like, it is obvious. You got to start. The Knicks are, I think, are on that list, but I'm not sure. The Knicks seem to have a lot of points scored against them. So um, I'm going to kind of keep focus on that. But if I go out to defensive rating... Uh, Chicago is fourth worst in defensive rating. Sacramento Kings are fifth worst in defensive rating, and uh, six, seven, eighth. And, and the, and the uh, excuse me, the Hawks are ninth worst. So actually, a little bit better than I thought they would be. But um, I think that is pretty obvious. A more important 
So, like, defensive rating is a really good thing to look at. But a more important thing, we talk about minutes per game. Minutes per game are the most important stat that you can look at in fantasy basketball. It's, it's Overall, it's the most statistically relevant stat. Another stat I like to look at in that same vein is pace. And so that's really possessions per, I think, per game. Uh, let me get the exact um, calculation here. Uh, possessions per 100 per game. Uh, that's not it. You know what I'm talking about when I talk about pace. Here are the top teams in pace. And you're going to hear some familiar uh, some familiar names in here. And you're also going to hear a team that I didn't mention but I, I think should be in this conversation. Uh, the Lakers are number one at pace. This is only through two games. Sample size small. Sample size small alert should be hashtag sample, uh, sample size, small sample size alert for everything I'm saying for the next two weeks. Because I'm just trying to uh, pull the patterns out of the mess of data, and we just don't have that much data. So you can't really find patterns unless you have a good uh, base of data. And we're, we're talking about two or three games here. But you can start seeing trends. Uh, the Lakers are number one in pace. The Kings are number two in pace. Boom. So they're bad at defense and they are uh, have a great pace. Play your guys against the Kings. The Pelicans are third in pace. I like uh, the idea of playing teams against the Pelicans. Your bigs, I would worry about a little bit with the domination of Anthony Davis right now. Uh, but I would still feel pretty confident in playing because of the pace uh, and because the, the Pelicans are still, their defensive rating isn't uh, the best. It's... Um, yeah, I think it's in the, the the bottom half of the league. So they're just outscoring teams like a, like wildfire. So I'm confident playing the Pelicans. Number four in pace, Atlanta Hawks. I already said I could, by the eye test, play your guys against Atlanta Hawks. Play your guys against the Atlanta Hawks. The Jazz are fifth in pace, which is really surprising. But as you know, the Jazz are incredibly good uh, defense. So, uh, you know, I'm a little um, hesitant to play. Uh, guys against that, that good Utah Jazz team, but high in pace. Followed by the Thunder, the Rockets, the Cavs, Blazers, Wizards is a little surprising, and the Bulls. And then the Knicks. So there you go, the top 12 in pace. All those uh, teams, I would lean, if you're trying to make a split decision between two players, I would lean toward that pace stat and that defensive rating stat to make your decision for you. So that's my uh, that's my who do I start uh, slash waiver wire tip of the week. Let's go and talk about guys who have been dropped and maybe guys that I'm a little bit worried about. And so uh, looking out here, the most dropped player on ESPN is Kevin Knox. Um, yeah, I'm all for that. Kevin Knox is hurt. Uh, Kevin Knox, we don't know what his timetable is. And we also don't know if Kevin Knox is any good. So, um, yeah, I'm totally fine with dropping Kevin Knox. Uh, Colin Sexton was drafted in, in like 72% of leagues. Drop him. Drop Colin Sexton. Do it right now. We uh, Tyler told you to go uh, pick up George Hill. Um, I do think George Hill is going to be perfectly fine this year in um, standard leagues. For the most part, I'm not like, you know, burning down my number one waiver wire pick on, on George Hill. I think there's better guys out there. But George Hill right now played 28 minutes. You know, he's 160th ranked right now. It's small sample size city. So, uh, you know, don't worry too much about that. Uh, a lot of people worried about Jonathan Isaac's role in Orlando. I am too. Um, I think it's going to be a really up and down season for Jonathan Isaac. So if you can put up with that, um, I think 
across the board if you're interested in those counting stats he might be worth it but if you if you're really needing someone who's going to perform night in night out and week in and week out because you're you're maybe not a, a top tier team you're kind of a middle of the pack team i think jonathan isaac might not be for you um, if you if you really need all your guys uh, from your your top starter to the bottom of your bench to perform, um, I might look to trade Jonathan Isaac and see if you can get a lot of value out of him. Maybe he ha- he's, he he pulls off a few good weeks. One, I don't know about his place in the rotation at this point, uh, and even for the rest of the year. In the second half, Isaac's probably going to pick up. He's going to be a really good second half player. So if you got a really good team and you can have someone like Jonathan Isaac on on your squad, um, I would. I mean, he's dropped in a lot of leagues. I, I'd probably stash him for a little while if you can if you could deal with that. If you're in a roto league, he's probably a good guy to hang around on your bench. But um, if not, you know, if this is just if he's just not a fit that that inconsistency is not a fit for you. Jonathan Isaac's probably not a fit for you because he he's young still. Uh, he has not a lot. He has very few games under his belt. And Orlando, we're we're still not sure what they're up to. So um, I would be cautious about Jonathan Isaac. Uh, A lot of people drafted Markel Fultz. He's not looking that great. He might pick it up later in the season, but I'm not willing in a standard league. I'm not willing to hold on to a roster spot for Markel Fultz. If you have somebody in your league who's interested in Philly, who's interested in Markel Fultz. you know, I'm just I'm just not interested in holding a full spot for a guy who shoots 33% and can't shoot free throws. Um, it's just not just not my guy. His assists and steals are pretty good for those limited minutes for sure, but uh, unless you have a specific, very specific punt build, um, I I just don't think you can roster Marco Fultz in a standard league, and you definitely cannot roster Marco Fultz or Jonathan Isaac in a roto league. Just a standard roto league cannot it just cannot happen. Uh, another couple guys who have been, uh, I think you could safe to drop, um, Jordan Bell, not going to play the role in, in Golden State. I, I told a few people to kind of hold on to him just to see what happens. I think those first few nights they're playing guys, you know, Gobert, Steven Adams. These guys are enormous human beings. And, and Jokic and, um, uh, DeAndre Ayton are big dudes too. But the fact that he's getting zero minutes instead of like 10, 12, is pretty worrisome. So I would drop um, Jordan Bell at will. I wanted to wait a few games to see what happened because, you know, per 36, Jordan Bell, who, you know, all by all accounts we thought was going to play 30 minutes a game uh, to start the season while we were waiting for Boogie, um, is a really good player in 30 minutes. But he's getting zero, everybody. So he's still owned in forty five percent of the leagues. I, I I think he should probably be owned in zero or, or you know the the fifteen percent of people who play in really really deep leagues. So um, I would happily drop Jordan Bell for somebody on the waiver wire. Uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson has been um, out because his son was born, and people are dropping him. Pick him up. What are you doing? Why are you dropping Ronnie Hollis Jefferson? Just to, like he's not a waiver wire player. Ronnie Hollis Jefferson is probably going to be a top seventy-five player. So if someone has dropped Hollis Jefferson in your league, pick him up. Go do it right now. Uh, Carmelo's Anthony. That guy is absolutely washed. This guy is super trash. Uh, even in limited minutes, like 
I don't know. I don't even know what I don't even know what to say about him. Like he is a he's a streamer. Stream stream Carmelo Anthony. That's perfectly fine. Go ahead and stream him. But uh, yeah, he is a dumpster fire, and he should he, he you should feel bad for having him on your team, and he should feel bad for being terrible. Um, Chris Dunn fouled out tonight in his first game against Dallas. Uh, a lot of people dropped him. He also had a kid. Guys, don't what kind of scumbag are you for dropping a, a top seventy-five player because he he wants to spend time with his family and watch his child being bored? What kind of scumbag are you dropping a guy like that? You can't you can't deal with like two missed starts in your first week from a top seventy-five player because they wanted to spend time with their child, their newly born child. You're a real you're a real piece of shit if that's who you are. So. Uh, yeah, pick up Chris Dunn if he's on your waiver wire. That's why is he on your waiver wire? That's stupid. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, John John Collins. John Collins is injured. Uh, he's being dropped, and um, he shouldn't be. Just hold on to him. He's gonna be good. Chill out. We all see how uh, good Jared Allen's doing. I think that's the real deal. Jared Allen is uh, seems like he's a pretty real deal. Uh, a few guys that I'm also interested in. Uh, a lot of people kind of avoided Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka is still a top 100 player. He's got off to a hot start. He'll probably revert to the mean here in the next month or so. But I, I, I do think Serge Ibaka is ownable in a standard league. I mean, he does enough to be ownable. So I don't know why only 38% of people own him in leagues. Danny Green's only owned it at 9% of leagues. Guys, pick up Danny Green. Danny Green is uh, across the board, especially in uh, Roto Leagues. Nine cat leagues. This is what uh, D- Danny Green is currently ranked thirty second, one ahead of Trey Young, who's having a, a f- spectacular start to the season. Which uh, another thing Tyler was on, uh, and I, I, you know, I was convinced. He, he uh, Tyler convinced me that Trey Young was going to be the focal point of that Atlanta team. They're also trash. They also play at a high pace. So uh, and Trey Young likes to jack threes. And Trey Young's shooting 45% right now. That's not going to last. So, you know, this could be a sell-high moment if you care about percentages. But what he is good at is getting assists, scoring, hitting threes. And uh, those steal numbers should actually go up. So I'm, a, I'm, all, I'm all for owning Trey Young on your team. But I'm also all for owning Danny Green, who is currently in per-game, nine-cat leagues, ranked ahead of him. You want to know why? He's hitting three three-pointers, getting one and. Almost one and a half assists and almost one and a half blocks. It's exactly what we talked about. And he's not a negative, really, in anything. He's not great at assists. He's not good at points. But he does everything else across the board. Good percentages and gets those counting stats, those steals and blocks. Danny Green should be owned in standard leagues. Because he's he's going to be like that quiet guy uh, uh, who you bring in off the bench and gets you that those extra, in two games, gets you three steals and three blocks. And those are that's huge. That's a huge bump for your team That's a lot of people overlook because they would rather have uh, Bobby Portis, who gets 20 and 13 in one game, and they're like, ooh, man, 20 points, 13 rebounds, that's so cool. Well, you know, it's good for sure, but uh, I'd I'd much rather have a guy who's averaging, uh, who could for the season, uh, you know, small sample size theater here, but for the season could average, you know, uh, over a steal, over a block, and like two threes a game. Every night in and night out. So Danny Green is going to play a good role on that Toronto team. That Toronto team is very good. Kawhi looking very solid on that team. I like what I see. 
Um, Garrett Temple in Memphis, off to a good start. Um, you know, sell high on that. I just that's not gonna be a long term type of thing in Memphis with Garrett Temple. That's just a hot start. Uh, don't get too excited about picking him up off the waiver wire, or if you drafted him, which would be kind of weird. Uh, don't get over, overly excited about that. Um, Tyler, Tyler, better watch out. I'm gonna have to have some words with him because Zach Levine might not just lead the Bulls in scoring, he might lead the league in scoring. Uh, 32 points a game right now. That is insane. Uh, but like I said, small sample size theater. If you think Zach Levine is going to shoot 62% from the field for the rest of the season, I have some beachfront property in Ohio for you. So, guys, chill out on Zach Levine. But... He's going to be the primary scorer on that team. He's going to play heavy minutes. And he's, he's, he looks as athletic as he ever been. In person, he is doing uh, – he looked real quick. He's got some nice dribble moves. He's got some nice change of pace stuff. Um, I'm, I'm kind of on Zach Levine in the sense, well, if he's available in your league, I think you should pick him up because it's going to be hard to find scoring like that off the waiver wire. But – uh, I I kind of think like he's real mode. He's definitely motivated to uh, to prove to this Chicago crowd that he's he was worth the money we paid him. And by the way, great. That's exactly what I want. I want us to almost win every game and because Zach Levine's going off, but then lose every game so we can get a good draft pick. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun season. I'm I've already gone. Uh, I've already planned on going to two more Bulls games in the next month. So uh, I'm already gonna blow past my number last year. Enough about the Bulls. Let's talk about fantasy. And I wanted to go back to Memphis. We talked about Garrett Temple. Don't get too excited about Garrett Temple. Ride a hot hand, though. Like, I'm all about, like, pick him up and ride the hot hand. But just be prepared to drop him. Don't expect him to be replacing one of your, stand, like, good guys. Like, if he had Ronda Hellas Jefferson on their team, don't replace him with Garrett Temple. Do not do it. Uh, but I want to talk about another Memphis Grizzly. His name is Jaron Jackson Jr., a guy that I was real, real going hard for in the preseason. So much so that I was talking him over, by the end of the preseason, I was talking him up over Luka Doncic. Well, guess what? I'm going to have some more words with Tyler. Jaron Jackson Jr., currently per game 23rd in his two uh, games that he has played. Also 19 years old, just want to remind everybody. Um, he's got a solid role because Jermichael Green is out. Jermichael Green, uh, injury, Marcus Sol, a little uh, banged up right now, and so they're giving Jaron Jackson Jr. a lot of play right now. The dude is getting steals and multiple blocks and hitting, uh, hitting threes and shooting great percentages. He's exactly what you want from a modern-day center. Um, in fact, he is ranked way ahead of Jared Allen per game, even though I, I do like Jared Allen a lot overall. Um, I think I'd rather own... Uh, I'd rather own Jaron Jackson Jr. Like, if, if someone doesn't care about Jaron Jackson Jr. in their league or if he's available on your waiver wire, I mean, let me... I don't know how many people might have drafted him, but, um, guys, Jaron Jackson Jr. is, uh, I think, the real deal here. Uh, he's going to have his ups and downs, too. Like, But unlike Jonathan Isaac, Jaron Jackson Jr. has the playing time. So... That playing time means he's going to have more 
ability to, even if he's having a bad game, he's not going to sit the rest of the game. He's going to play through it. So tonight he actually had a pretty okay game. He still had 11 points to steal and seven rebounds at 27 minutes. Like that's perfectly fine. It's not good. It's not bad, but it's rosterable. And that upside is there. And by halfway through the season or so, as he's getting his you know legs under him, you know, there's always the rookie wall. So you always be prepared for that with all the rookies that you have. But I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is a must-own through the rest of the season. I feel pretty confident in starting him against bad teams, so I started him against uh, – uh, already already knowing that Atlanta's bad, I started him against Atlanta, and I got rewarded for it in my Roto League. So uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., start with confidence. And he is currently owned – let's see, in ESPN? Only in 51% of leagues. So uh, if he's on your waiver wire, that's a guy I would – um, you know, I, I, he would be someone I, I'd pick up and hold on to. Unlike, you know, Garrett Temple, who's a guy I would pick up and and stream while he's high and then drop him later. I'd like to talk about another uh, kind of a semi-hot start, so a lukewarm start by uh, B. Alicia over in Sacramento. Um, that team is like, once again, super weird. And uh, depending on his rotation, B. Alicia could be... Uh, you know, ownable in standard leagues. I, I, right now, I'm only willing to stream him. I'm not like too excited about trying to own a Sacramento King right now, uh, and I'm also not too excited about like his potential like suddenly playing 11 minutes for no reason. But his fantasy game in 30 minutes is is ownable. So if you do uh, kind of pay attention to that situation, see what happens, perhaps the Kings start trusting him more, he starts playing more, and then, you know, then you would want to pick him up, take a flyer on him. If your team has got some trash guys on the end of your bench, I would take a flyer on uh, Bielitsa. Uh, why not? Like, what, what's the big deal? Kevin Looney is another guy who's um, a lot of people, I think, are, are picky. He's only owned in 3% of leagues. But a lot of people were asking the questions, should I drop Bell for Looney? And my answer was no, because uh, Bell is a better fantasy player. And so that, that's like a tough question. In the long term, does it make sense to hold on to a guy who's not playing but is the better fantasy player versus a guy who is playing but not that much and is also not that good? Will be sporadically good, sporadically bad. And it's kind of like, well, some stats are better than no stats. Yeah, that's true. So it depends on your situation. If you need some stats over no stats, yeah, uh, you, then uh, you should be picking up Kevin Looney and streaming him on your team. Not owning him, not keeping him, not thinking he's going to be a stud for the rest of the year, but streaming him and getting some of those stats if you need stats. But if you can put up with that variance, you can put up with the, a waiting period to see if Jordan Bell is going to eventually take off which I don't think he is right now. Like I'm willing to drop him because I don't think I'm willing to drop anyone. I don't think anyone's going to pick up. And if I drop Jordan Bell right now, nobody's going to pick him up. If I drop Ronda Hollis Jefferson right now, people in smart leagues are going to pick that dude up. So I'm not dropping him. But uh, if I drop Kevin Looney, is anybody going to pick him up? Nope. So it's okay to stream that guy, but I'd rather, I mean, just at this point, small sample size theater, I'd rather hold on to Jordan Bell and just see what happens. We're, it's way too early in the season. And if if it's going to mean the difference between winning and losing week one, all right, well, then drop Jordan well, Bell. But if you're if you're solid week one, and you're probably going to be solid week two, 
why not hold a guy who has a higher fantasy ce- uh, ceiling? So like that's kind of my theory on on that question a lot. It's a hard question to ask. You gotta it's situational, so it's a hard question to answer. Uh, but it's something that every single fantasy player does have to deal with, and you got to make your own decision here. Uh, Matras Harrell, a lot of I think a lot of preseason hype for him. I actually still think uh, long term there's going to be something to look forward to with Montrez. Uh, Mon- Montrell, Montrezl. I got to learn how to say these names, guys. Um, Montrez Harrell. If he plays, he's going to be really good. He's already got, oh my gosh, seven blocks in three games. That's impressive. Uh, he's going to be pretty, pretty, pretty good in blocks, uh, even in limited minutes, apparently. But small sample size theater. Looking at his minutes, I'm not excited to own him right now. So another guy who uh, his block numbers are going to bump him up in those rankings and those player raters or whatever whatever score you're using to uh, judge your um, squad on whatever site you happen to play on. And I want to give props out to all the listeners out there who complained to ESPN. I want you to keep it up, guys. Because some of these guys still need uh, positional values. But also like the, the, the entire UI, um, the entire interface here is just absolute trash. I still can't figure out how to f- uh, show how many games I've played per pos- position in my Roto League. That's kind of an issue. I, I Eventually, I'm going to need to know that. Um, right now, you know, I don't care. I'm, uh, if you got a guy who's going to have a hot start, you play him. That's uh, someone's going to get injured. Someone's going to have some bad nights. Um, you might accidentally play a guy on a bad night. Like whatever, that's it's going to happen. Um, it's it, what's most importantly is maximizing the quality starts in your roto league. But so if you're over on games, whatever, no big deal. But eventually you have to pay attention to that. And that's usually around the all star break when you want to start uh, making sure you have enough room to make a run. But we'll talk about roto strategy and head to head strategy at a future date. Uh, I kind of want to focus a little bit more on guys who um, are being picked up and um, maybe guys who should be dropped. Um, Boban. Guys, I was I don't know why Tyler scoffed at me, but Boban is a great stream. First off, he's a great watch, but he's a great stream. In uh, those first two games, if you streamed him, you were pretty happy. Uh, 18 points. And eight rebounds, 13 points, five rebounds. Okay, great, cool. He played five minutes against Houston. Well, you should have known a little bit better that Houston plays at such a high pace with all those spread offense guys that Boban really can't stay on the floor. That's the stuff you have to pay attention to. Uh, Josh Hart is interesting. Uh, I'm kind of, especially now that there's been this... um, you know, suspension. I'm kind of. I'm actually would rather take a flyer on Josh Hart right now uh, more than at the beginning of the season when he had those couple good games because you figure he's going to play a lot and he's he played 15 minutes at, at half right now. Um, I would probably take a flyer on Josh Hart. I'd uh, I'd roster him. Why not? Like uh, maybe he becomes LeBron's favorite go-to player. So, and he's one of the few guys on this team who can consistently shoot threes. I would, uh, I would target him. Another guy I'm seeing picked up over here is Stauskas. Stauskas, come on, guys. Uh, maybe worth 
a, a a stream start if you're needing a guy who might score some points and get some threes. But let's let's all settle down about that one uh, good primetime game by Nick Scousis. And We've had some excellent basketball already, and it's, it's been like five days. So um, let's all settle down, Stauskas. Like, don't, don't, don't put him on your roster. Come on, that's not, it's not worth it. Uh, Jakob Podol, a lot of kind of hype there around him going into the season, like a late um, round pickup there. Drop him. He's not going to be playing very much in Pop's system. Pop doesn't seem like he's ready to play him. Um, does that mean tonight or tomorrow suddenly? Pop will play him like 30 minutes. Yeah, it's probably going to happen. But you're never going to be able to predict when Pop is going to play Podol 33 minutes for no reason. You're just It's just going to be impossible to predict. So I, I just w- I would stay a hard stay away from him um, because it just doesn't seem like he's got the, uh, the backing of uh, Pop out there. And, you know, Pop is king, as he should be. So I think that is it for uh, this evening. You guys, you've been great already so far this season. Uh, Shout out to all of our Patreon subscribers out there. You guys are the best. Um, You are my favorite people because you support the podcast. We could not do this without our Patreon subscribers. If you guys want to subscribe, get exclusive content, get access to me and Tyler, uh, go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes. I want to give a big shout out to uh, Brian Lear. If we haven't already done it, Brian Lear, respect to you and um, a new subscriber, uh, Richard, just like uh, one, one name, Richard. He, he does not have uh, a second name. Oh no, we already gave a shout out to Richard. He just upped his subscription, which is a thing you can do. If you want to get more exclusive content. So respect to Richard for uh, uh, upping his subscription. He is going to get access to our private Slack channel where he can interact with other fancy basketball um, heads. It's not just me and Tyler. There's some other people on there as well. Uh, And so you'll be able to enter that back room and, and, and be in an active chat with us um, probably during game times, you know, uh, if I'm uh, being sponsored by Bullet Bourbon and at the game, I'm probably not going to be doing a lot, a whole lot of chatting, or at least a whole lot of chatting that you would enjoy. Uh, I won't be terribly helpful, but I will tell you um, how enormous uh, Andre Drummond is. That guy, I mean, he's, he's like in person, being up close, like just it, it's actually insane because. Wendell Carter Jr. and Bobby Portis near him, they were kind of the same height. They were not the same size, but they were the same height as him. And it was really kind of surprising to see, like, oh, yeah, but these guys are just the biggest human beings in the world. And it's it's a really, really uh, – you guys, if you, get, if you get a chance, guys, go to a game. Basketball is great life. It's the best, um, especially when the game's good. So, once again, respect to all our Patreons, patreon.com slash watching the boxes. If you like the podcast, please rate and review us. We appreciate that. You can find me on Twitter at watch the boxes. You can find Tyler at Tyler P. Watts. Uh, give him hell for, uh, you know, missing out on me having to chastise him about his uh, 
bad calls on Zach Levine and on uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. He's going to hear about it next time. So tune in next time to hear me chastise Tyler, and we will see you then. Thanks, everybody.